Welcome to League Teams, boys. Round 23 is <laughs> about to get underway tomorrow night. And I was going to talk about something, but Paul Roos, what? What's oh, going sorry, on? we on? We are on. <laughs> oh, I just picked up this ripping book. <laughs> Seriously, it's, I'm telling you, it's the best book I've ever... Oh, man. <laughs> what is it? Here it is. I can get you a copy. Okay, signed. Uh, Here it is, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure where that comes from. Oh. Well, if it's so good, give us the best excerpt out of it. Uh, the best one. It's it's hard to narrow it down to one, Derm. Yeah, I it's know. It's probably gold. Or, no, it's a, a, For the people who've waited 72 years to see South Melbourne, the Sydney Swans win the Premiership, here it is! He's all over it already. Well, so, done. I'll get you a copy. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, 53? Came out yesterday. Right. Yeah, right. Very okay. Mine. mine came out 35 years ago <laughs> <laughs> when I was 21. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> I'm going to bring mine out a week later. <laughs> Be quite dicker. Uh, I won't like four gold medals. By the way, Bruce, oh, oh, I don't know whether or not you've wow. uh, had, had the pleasure of reading. Is there any of those reading. left? No, there's not. It was sellout. Sellout? Three yeah. reprints on that. Uh, yeah. Wow. This baby. Each copy Gee, run was 12. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but uh, don't worry, some nice photos yeah. in there. Have you got photos in yours? You've got some photos in there. Yeah, it covers, the everything. covers everything. It's pretty similar too, isn't it? Yeah, through yeah. the middle yeah. of the photos. Mine, mine's a hardback, mate. Does I it give you a, <laughs> we can do a swap. You want a swap? Well, we can't swap a hardback for a softback. Well, I had a hardback. Hey? I had every type of back. It's my, like the Kyrie Irving, Isaac my, Thomas deal, mate. broke the internet. It was that. <laughs> does, does yours cover the non-contesting skip-chasing scenario? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll put Parquet's quote in there anyway. Brilliant. Good luck with it, mate. Boys, and actually, I wouldn't mind a copy if you don't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't get your copy. <laughs> hey, let's go into the first game we're going to talk about. It is a massive game between Geelong and GWS. Jono, uh, if you can take us through the changes, mate, the ins and outs. Let's go. GWS. Johnson and Lobb come in and DeBoer and uh, Himmelberg go out of the side for the Harry. Cats uh, when they got their outs. A Thurlow, a couple of young blokes in Zach Guthrie and Simpson go out of the lineup for the Cats. Blixarves comes in, Parfit comes in and the big Tomahawk, he is back, Ruzi, and that is quite significant when we have a look at uh, the way the Cats like to structure up. They love big Tomahawk sitting there at full forward. Yeah, I think this is a good game for us to really have a look at the, the two teams. I mean, there's every chance, depending on what happens in the weekend, they might play it in the first week of the finals as well. So what we thought we'd do is just go through some of the matchups and just see you know, what we think, where the, the strengths and weaknesses lie for, for each of the teams. So we'll start in the, uh, the forward half. You mentioned Hawkins. Cats forward half. The Cats forward half. You mentioned Hawkins. Davis is the obvious, but... Um, Haynes is one that's Derm that you like and played. We, we thought he might be the looser player last week, but did he get Kennedy from memory? No, he, he, he won't. Uh, Core spent a bit of time, time on him. On yeah. Kennedy. Core and Davis swapped over on Kennedy, so I would think you're going to get a, a toss up between Davis and Core will roll on, roll off, depending where they are, where Hawkins stations himself, but they'd prefer Davis, and Haynes will be the. Third man up interceptor mm. on most occasions. Because you know Geelong are going to try and run one at the other end. They'll work it so yeah, Haynes yeah. becomes the aerial third man mm. up. But Corin and uh, and Davis will share duties over, I would say, Buzzer probably plays a bit I'd deeper like to than see, I'd love to see Buzzer, Taylor and Hawkins stay forward. Because yeah. Taylor's the one, the one that's been going backwards. And I, I don't mind that because it presents a little bit more of a problem for the, uh, the Giants. 
than just the two tools? Well, it does. And we spoke about it last week, John. I mean, finals footy, you, think you need the two, but the three tools throws another dynamic there. And I think Buzz is the wild card, uh, what I we saw last week. Well, and Zach Smith could... needs needs coverage yep. in the ruck. And yep. what he did against Richmond in the last quarter was brilliant. But you can't do that week in, week out leading into finals. So he may play a final by himself. That's yet to be, yet to be seen. But Buzzer at but... the moment is going to help him. What you, what you want to do, just so we don't get off this page and people think, well, this is the way they're going to walk, uh, load up. Swap Davis and Haynes. Yep. So there, so yeah, you would go that way. That'll yeah, work around. And look, probably Tomlinson will come back yeah, as yep. one yep. of Shaw, Williams, Williams or Wilson, Wilson will push up into the midfield, yep. allowing Tomlinson to come back. And then those three will rotate one man into the midfield, Two yep. men off the half the other, back the other line for runner. Which time. is interesting is that provides a lot of run. There's not a lot of tackle down there for Geelong's point of view either, is there? And we've been critical of that for the Giants the other end. But Williams has been in terrific form and Wilson's got pure speed. So that's yep. a challenge for the Cats forwards as well, isn't it? To to contain them coming out. And it is, because Menzel obviously identified today, uh, his forward pressure's just not there at the moment. So that exit and the run from GWS that's uh, that's like a seagull on a hot chip because they're going <laughs> to grab that and off they go. Yep. Let's go into the midfield next with the... Now this, I mean some fantastic matchups oh, here. Good, I mean just some, some good names there. Yeah, how long have we yeah. got? Some big names there. Does does Selwood go... Shields is the one they seem that the other teams seem to be locking, locking down on, don't they? Does that I mean, Kelly's the other one. He's had 40-odd last week. And then Coniglio's the one that's generally the run with tight plays. A great ball winner, Coniglio. But, Jesus, some good matchups through there. Blitzhoffs, yeah, I think. Did Blitzhoffs get him last time? Yeah, look, if we look back to um, round 12, Blitzhoffs played on shield. Had yeah, the, he had did. The Guth job then. Guthrie's the other one, though. We, we, he's sitting out on the wing, but he did play Dustin Martin tight yep. at centre bounce a couple of weeks ago. He's one that could come on, potentially play that role on Shield because Guthrie, we know, one ball going the other way and really hurt his direct opponent. I thought Guthrie was really important last week against, uh, against the Pies. Mm. What he does add is some real speed out of their stoppages. And there was a couple of times last week when he connected, if we look here, he sort of connected. He was first possession out of the stoppage and then he was able to give it to, to Duncan. There was one that he created a goal. I think we'll look at here, created a goal. For, for Murdoch, great yep. running by Murdoch as well. But you can see just the speed and power that he does have. Breaks out, really good chase down here, and then great follow-up. And then the fantastic goal that Dangerfield kicked. It was really set up by Guthrie, again, around the stoppage. Not great play by Hoskin Elliott to come in there off, off Dangerfield. So he does have a little dimension that we haven't seen with him because he's been playing back. Mm. And with Joel in and Dangerfield in, there hasn't been a lot of room for Guthrie. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in that midfield again. Well, this would be what coaches box are for because I would automatically run Blitzars to Shields, which is against what you guys are saying. And I'd put Selwood straight to Kelly and say, yeah. go to head to head. Hey, Blitzars coming off the injury, though. That's where you've got to be smart, I think, with yeah. his position so, first game so, back. So don't expect him to go out and run his yeah. backside off yeah. line yeah. in the footy. Yeah. Let him run with someone. Yeah. And I would say to young Kelly, uh, say to uh, Selwood, this kid reckons he's good. You yeah, show yeah. him how good you can yep. be. I'd run, run oh, him yeah. head to head. I'd have yeah. Blixarves on, good on Scully yeah. for sure. Whitfield, obviously, he's the coast-to-coast -coast runner. Scully's more the sweeper. So if you're going to introduce Blixarves in off uh, the back of not playing, so that's the one I'd go with. For Let's sure. have a look at the talent of the Giants uh, forward half. Then, if we flick on up to that, so they've got some guns up there. <laughs> oh, have they? What? Guns, oh, Green, Patton, Cameron, yeah. Rory Lobbs, contested marking. Callum Ward, <laughs> he's a midfielder. Well, he's—I mean, yeah. he's the one here. To, I mean, Lob creates a bit of a problem. I, I would say 
Does Lonigan go to lob? I mean, Cameron, you can play more of a hybrid defender, but if you look mm. at that, I mean, clearly Buse is not going to play <laughs> play on him. Mm. But he does present. I mean, Mackie, I find Swap Lonigan to... over with Buse for a start. Yeah, he tends to get the longest or tallest opponent. Stewart yep. across. Yeah. I reckon Stewart across yep. there. Yeah. Buse for Johnson, Tui. Pat- Patton will be deep. We we understand yeah. that. So then that they, those two those two will swap. But that um, four line... on Green's a great matchup. There, yeah, that's I think. a good matchup. He played on Green last time. Yeah. So either or, I think, because Green will push up at times. So if, if Mackie and Tui position well, they might be able to get some good ball and maybe some long shots from 55, yeah. 55 out. But Green is so dangerous yep. coming back the other way. That matchup works with Mackie because Ward will get his old cement head, your mate. He'll yep. get his head in the hole. He'll push up. So he can be that loose player. But I'm sure the coffees went up during the week. The back line would take the midfield out of Geelong and say, just tighten the screws a little bit yeah, up there yeah, because so. look at that firepower. That's enormous. But I think it's both ends because you've got Lobb, Cameron and Patton yep. and up the other end you've got, you've got Buzzer, Hawkins and, and Taylor. Yeah, so that's like, where the midfield battle yeah. becomes critical to get good ball and good looks to, to the talls for both teams. The other thing is Ward's going to, on that makeup. Ward's going to rotate through the bench with the other guys that's from right. Dev. Dev Smith's going to be the one who sits up forward. And Hopper as well. well You've got, who, you got yeah, Smith and Deledio is going to play forward as well. So you've got a couple there. So the Giants, Shield, Kel- I know Dangerfield's really good at it, just ripping the ball at contests and then bursting forward with it. But the Giants have got those two boys especially. And then they've got Wilson off halfback. And then they've got players on the outside, Scully, who can burst on the outside as well. And no one can run the whole day with him. How do you stop them? What did Geelong do to stop this, what we call, <laughs> Jared's call the orange tsunami? What do they do? Well, for mine, uh, the Giants have tightened up through the middle of the ground defensively. So Geelong, I think they're going to play their handball game to get out into space a bit more. We spoke about the overuse with Richmond a couple of weeks ago. Geelong could force you in to do that with the Giants. You can see here, uh, Mackie obviously protecting the goal side there, yeah. Ruzi. Yeah. And just blocking the run because they do get that big uh, launch off half-back. But if you're on goal side, don't need to be shoulder-to-shoulder. Just enough room to say, I can adjust either way when we do turn the ball over. I don't over. think you can afford to be shoulder-to-shoulder with their wingmen because they're so quick and they run so hard. I reckon what you saw with Mackie was really smart. Give them 10 metres. If they use them from a handball option, you can cope with that. Yep. But if you get beaten goal side, they will run really hard. Their wings are as important as any players in their team. Whitfield, Scully, Kelly, when he goes back out there, they're elite runners and they run up and down the, the tram tracks all day. And what Geelong did then, I reckon, is the formula to take out their, their ball movement. And they've gone from rounds 1 to 16 the Giants top 4 from defensive 50 to forward 50 but the last 5 or 6 weeks up a bit yeah, they're the bottom four because they have turned it over. I mean, tightened it up through the middle of the ground. They said, right, over, we're just gonna, coming into finals footy. That's not how we can play. So you're win. saying they don't roll the dice as much? No way. They, just... they locate and, and their impact is enormous through the middle of the ground. If you watch them closely, they did the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago. As soon sure as they did. turned the ball over and bang, shut it down, they're going, OK, we're not going to transition at 120. Let's turn it over, tighten up. We transition at 60 and score. Probably the game that has the biggest effect on what happens with... The ladder, who comes in, who stays out, who goes where, who slides and who rises is the West Coast Eagles and the Adelaide Crows. So, Dicko, do you want to talk us through the changes we've got in? Yeah, well, it's the final game of round 23. So, Hardigan, Seedsman and Millerat come in for Adelaide. No outs at this stage. Then Lacroix, Schofield, Nelson and Waterman in for his first game and Hill goes out. Jakey Waterman, obviously Chris's son, uh, national draft father son, pick 28. Uh, key Ford, 190, good size, 94 kegs. It's a nice little bigger start. Bigger than the old yeah, man. Yeah, Muddy wasn't bigger. that big. 
But um, play, buddy. it's such a, an interesting game. Adelaide, off the back of last week, uh, Sydney smashed them in the first quarter. But West Coast, uh, everything obviously on the line and uh, Adelaide everything to play for but just such a dangerous forward line for the uh, Adelaide Crows they've taken 15 marks inside 50 smashes anyone in the competition so mm. I think we saw last week why they're so dangerous because Tex didn't have a great ramp he was fantastic mm. but there's always someone that, that bobs up McGovern whereas if you yeah. look at the the West Coast forward line I mean Darling's kicked 38 so it's not it's a reasonable under. return yeah. but it's it's a long way 64 Under to Kennedy, Kennedy whereas yeah. Tex Walker 49 Betts 47 26. Jenkins 39 Lynch 28 McGovern 17 has lost missed a lot of footy so the spread is a lot more even if you if if you tend to lock Tex away or Eddie away as Sydney did they could still kick a winning score Adelaide yeah. they didn't lose any friends they were inside 50s better um, they won most stats but they just kicked poorly whereas and Eddie, Eddie's, so Eddie's, been in the, Eddie's been in the 40s for yeah, a long has. time like yep. ones and ones and twos yeah big outing time, a couple so. of weeks ago but then mm. he had a, a, a flat patch before that once again last week back to a flat patch the kid McGovern in that first quarter and a half, without him, they would have been further down. Yeah. Because they seized them up so much and they were unable to spear those low darting passes to the lead-ups uh, of the Crows, they had to bomb long. He still marked it. Mm. He still marked it overhead. He's a very... And I think also, because their ball movement is reasonably unpredictable, if you look at Kennedy, and we'll touch on who the matchup there is, and I reckon you're right, Derm, because Adelaide spread the ball around, you know if you focus on Kennedy, he still can kick five or six... But the, the challenge for West Coast is not to channel their ball movement the whole time to yep. Kennedy. It's natural for Adelaide, so that allows McGovern to come in, take yeah. a high mark, Eddie to crumb, Jenkins to get the Joe to goose over the top or whatever mm. the situation. Will Pikey go with Keith versus Kennedy? That was a big move last week, Buddy Franklin versus Keith. Was, it, was he oh. hoping to get Keith to learn a bit and have... Have third man up assistance or third man in help? Well, that was the most disappointing part. You see how isolated yeah. he is as a defender. He had no opportunity then. I'm sure Buddy licked his He's lips going He's a bit stiff out. there. Buddy doesn't normally mark him like that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but that's the thing. He would have walked out and gone, right, I'm going to isolate him. All assists once forward pushed out. Like, that's that's a lonely stuff, space inside 50. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, I, I can't see Don starting him on Kennedy. You don't want to give Kennedy but any What do you do with Keith row. then? Sorry? What do you do with Keith then? Who does he play on? Does he put him to Darling? Well, yeah, I think Darling. He's got to go to Darling. Yeah. Yeah. Keith's a good athlete. Darling. He hasn't got an opponent. Yeah, Keith. Keith's got a Keith's a good athlete, mm. and maybe that's part of the education. But it's, but it's a bold move when you're looking for top, yeah, you know, one or two to to experiment this late in the season. Mm. Maybe they generally thought he was the best matchup on body. But if you got Lever and you got Talia, we yet to see if Talia will play. But you'd think Lever or Tal I think Talia would go to Kennedy, wouldn't he? You'd but have yeah. to. But Keith, have to. the education side of things, he's in grade six. You put him to seven, you don't send him straight yeah, to yeah. year twelve. <laughs> so, quick thought around the table: How many does Josh Kennedy have to kick for the Eagles to win? Oh, he's got to kick six for mine, minimum. Minimum. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I'd say I'd say yeah, six. Five, six plus. Yep. Yep. He's gonna have to have a real, real yeah. day and, out. And don't, for him to don't get worry, it. he only needs about five minutes to do that. Yeah, yeah that's right. And he's he's gonna do it early too. Uh, let's go to a break, boys. On the other side we'll talk about Bucks and the Magpies they're up against the mighty D's. Fit him in. <laughs> Don't talk. We're back from the break. Um, 
Let's have a look at the next game. That's not a great way to come back from a break. Um, <laughs> we were talking football, though. We were. Yeah. Collingwood take on Melbourne, Rougie. You intimately know the Ds. Let's have a look at the ins and outs. Yeah, us. I think it's four really high-quality ins, two from each team. You've got Jack Watson, Christian Salem coming back in, Wagner, Billy Stretch out. Are big ins for Melbourne. But equally, Grundy and Goldsack coming in for Blair and Smith. So four you know, high-quality players mm coming in for, for both these teams. In what's a, you know, it's a big game from, from Melbourne's point of view to, to nail the finals spot. They'll want to win. I think they can still get in if they lose, but clearly they want to go in winning this. And obviously the Nathan Buckley um, scenario continues. So I think this is going to be a high-quality game. Now it you, is. You, you, you're happy with the way Melbourne are winning and playing at the moment, but you've got some issues. Oh, I've got some issues if they make September, for sure. Uh, I've got some issues in winning this game of footy. I think they defend lazy, and I say lazy because we'll see this bit of vision against Brisbane Lions. And it uh, comes off half-back, and Brisbane, not a bad kicking team. So you'll see at the top of screen, and uh, we've got Steph Martin and Maxi Gorn. So Ruckman, we know Maxi Gorn wants to obviously be that man, but you'll see on the left of screen there that the, they've got their defenders, and they're, they're obviously teasing. So they started on a dog leash but it then it comes out to a ski rope. So the further you go down the field, the tighter you should get as a defence. They've got options. They can go inside. They can go down the line. And then you'll see Gorn just dropping off a big target just Great outside kick. 50 to Steph Martin. So they pick them apart. You'll see this one once again off half back. They mark. Look at the options they've got. So you see there, that's about 10 to 15 metres to defend. You've got to tighten right up on that. That's the corridor you're opening up. There's one, two options. And you can't defend. One on two. And then you'll see on the right of screen, He's defending too. He goes to the most dangerous. For mine, the most dangerous is that player. They're going back to goal because the frontal pressure should have come, but it's not there for Melbourne at the moment. So between the arcs, they're just lazy. There's no they, cover with speed, is there? Well, there's none because they start and think, oh, this is good teasing distance, and then they let them just drift and drift. There's and miscommunication there, though, as well. Well, there's, there's no direction. I didn't see any pointing. Yeah. I didn't even see Max Gorman. when he bent back. Make sure you cover here or there. So for mine, Collingwood with their kicking game and the way they can possess the ball, that's Swiss cheese and no gooder for mm. uh, Melbourne. Because so the questions you'd be asking is, if Collingwood come out the way they did in the first quarter, they'll pull that apart. They'll be 30 but, points up at quarter time. And then the secondary, at the adjunct to that will be, can they play four quarters against that? But you can't flick the switch either. You can't just say, right, we're going to turn it on this week. You're spot on. I think Collingwood will pull them apart this weekend. I really do. That's the one, one knock I've got on Melbourne. I've watched them a lot live. I've watched behind the goals vision down here. Lazy through the middle of the ground. Mm. And if you can open that up to a Brisbane Lions, a kicking side who Collingwood are a better kicking side than Brisbane... That's just that's inviting them to walk through the corridor and score. So I think they're in a bit of trouble, Melbourne, uh, this weekend if they apply what they've been applying well, over the last month. Collingwood's recipe in the first quarter, I thought if they sustain this for four quarters and play yeah, this way, mm. and, and Rizzi, we, we sat through it and we yep. thought, wow, they are just um, tearing Geelong apart here in terms of mark and play on Adams' turn straight away, gets it down the line, Reed Cox has already made a great run. His first quarter as a ruckman was, was very good. He put Smith under, under pressure. You've got Darcy Moore on, on this occasion as well. Um, Cox kicked a couple in, in the first quarter, but they played on and they had players to the outside first. And then they kicked six goals straight in that first quarter. We thought, wow. And you know what else they did? They pressured. They had 103 tackles for the game mm. and they had 14 in the third quarter. Yeah. So their first half yep. in pressure yep. was, was first class. 
and they had quick ball movement. Yep. And it was the perfect recipe for the way they should play their football. Then after yep. quarter time, it was slow, back around, chip wide. Geelong got their extra back. They didn't change things, didn't handle it. So if they play this way and continue to go with it, I think you know the, the way they move forward as a club is actually quite rapid. I yeah. think that's, that's the thing, Jono. It's when Geelong adjusted by putting... Not putting an extra number. It was just meant their defender sat right back and goal kept. But Collingwood didn't respond to that. So every time they looked up, that was the first quarter. Every time they looked mm. up, there was no one to deal with. When they looked up after quarter time, they'd look up at a, at a Geelong player. What they should have adjusted to is that high half forward... Benny McGlynn's probably the best one I've seen. He just runs forward. What do you call him? A pop-up sprinkler. He just pops a pop up, up the goal square. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. So he's the best one that I've seen to do it. There's, a, there's multiple guys that do it now. Richmond's more... You need to run past that loose defender to engage him, drag him around, and then the next guy has to come forward. Your forwards can't get caught in between the arcs. And I think that's mm. what... That's Collingwood's challenge will be... In order to continue that brave ball movement, you've got to adjust when the opposition adjusts. But they still had the pressure on the ball. Yeah. And that, that was the thing. So they, they didn't complement... They complemented in the first quarter. Pressure led yeah. into good ball movement. Yeah. After that, it was pressure that the ball movement didn't complement. That should yeah. be a non-negotiable anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to just throw a hand grenade and say Melbourne are not doing that. What do you look for? If I was Simon Goodwin, I'd grab Sydney behind the goals vision and watch when it comes through down the wings... Look how quick they are to fold back, yeah. speed and defend and get on the shoulder straight away. And that's, there's no surprise that they're averaging 76 points against conceded. So yeah. they're the number one team in the I comp for a I reason. Yeah. So that's what Melbourne have got to do. Just, if they can just Ooh. tighten up there, yep. they're a chance. Have I think, a look at that. We've got three Melbournes and one Collingwood. Who's a Collingwood? Yeah. I reckon oh, yeah. they will, yeah. I think the thing with... Whilst you don't want to get injuries, what we saw last year with the Dogs, if you can get players back... Hogan's kicked six last week... Nathan Jones missed a huge chunk of the footy. He's had 35 and, and in absolute ripping form. Yep. And Brayshaw's the other one that, that hasn't played a lot. I reckon they've got some players that have got some real upside. They've probably got a few that are a bit and tired. To come back. Yep. And Vine to come back. They've probably got a few that are a little bit tired, which affects their defensive mechanisms. But I reckon they've got some, some fresh blokes that can grab hold of the footy. Okay. Does Bucks coach Collingwood next year? Well, it won't be that bloke. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the book Let's tour. Let's go to the next game now. <laughs> Brisbane take on North Melbourne. Let's have a look at the ins and outs. Brisbane, no changes. It'll be the first time for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, Brisbane oh, Lions yeah. got good shape. We're going well good done. enough. No changes yeah. here. Move along. Nothing to see. Yeah. North Melbourne, five changes. Lockie Hanson, Aaron Mullet, Jed Anderson, Ben McKay. Good luck to him. And Lindsay Thomas all get a chance to reload the outs. Uh, Captain Jack. Zebel with the foot. Garner also injured his foot. Nielsen's out with the concussion. He got that early on. Prusy's shoulder's injured. Mm. Must have been a fair whack to knock that thing around. And <laughs> Zerha is the only player omitted. Yeah. We've all gone for the Lions. They were on the bottom last week. Why have we all gone the Lions? Well, I tell you, for me, it's simply a win-loss. And I keep getting back to it. I think we all like the way North Melbourne played. But they leaked far too many goals. They were 9 and 0, nine rounds in the last season. They won three of their next 12, and they've won five of 21 this year. So they've, they've won eight and lost 25 games. So that, that's why I'm going for Brisbane. For so me, it's as you, mm. as you call it, they get scored against. And I think Brisbane, 
run pretty hard forward. They run a little bit harder yeah, forward than they do they defensively. Do, yeah, but yeah. I reckon they might tax them yep. a bit more when they're running forward yep. and score a bit more. Well, for mine, there's three things. They're a better kicking team than North Melbourne. They've got more speed than North Melbourne. And they've got a better balance of offence to defence. They defend really well as a young team. When you look at the top sides that have played Brisbane, they've been pushed because they defend really well. Uh, but when they move the ball, we saw the vision against Melbourne. They can turn it on. Like, mm. their ball movement is slick. So I think they're up and about towards the end of the season. Normally, we're talking about a tired wooden spoon. Um, I agree with that. I reckon, Dicko, they look like they're pretty sharp. Like, mm. I saw a little bit when Melbourne got to yeah. about 38 two points. And you mm. thought, oh, this will be 40 or 50. They look like they've got energy. I've seen North live the last couple of weeks. I think they've been playing okay, mm. but they look like they're running out of petrol. Uh, they've got a, North have got a handful of individuals that are yep. uh, finishing off the season okay. Brisbane's got a couple of handfuls of individuals. Yeah. So, therefore, the collective unit for Brisbane for mine is just stronger, in better form at the moment. And at home, they'd like a big win to finish their season because their, their summer's going to be big because you can see the energy they're going to have within that group. Two doings of the game bow out tomorrow night. Dicko, the Western Bulldogs with uh, Bob and Hawthorne with... Yes, uh, got the Bob Hodgie Cup. Um, <laughs> it's good to see Harry Morrison in for his first game with the Hawks. And Liam Shields back in, Henderson out with Burton. And then we've got Matty Boyd. Great to see Jono, isn't yep. it, back in? Yeah, it is Obviously, uh, they've still got, uh, well, you've done the math, they've got some chance apparently. Um, Campbell and Lipinski. Cloak goes out with Stringer and Dixon. Uh, I'm excited about this because two guys retiring. Um, got the Raging Bull from the Hawks and the uh, People's Champ from the Doggies. So... Hopefully they play on each other at some point as well. Hopefully Bevo throws yeah. Hodgie. I mean, what throws, Hodgie, throws, Smithy, throws Bob. Smithy told you they're going to do that? Or <laughs> any no. text messages? No, no text messages. Nothing like that. From, Wait, will you uh, just speak man. to him at lunch or you don't no, have to actually, text each no, other? No, we, we texted each other today, but none of, of our footy. Yeah. <laughs> you know it showed like. me a couple of things how to, how to do new text <laughs> messages <laughs> today. It was good. <laughs> it's just going to be a full celebration. Oh, what um, a, I mean, look at... Hodgie's record, 304 games, two best and fairest, four All-Australians, three Premiership, two Norm Smith. And, and the only... And um, you forgot about six download medals there. Yeah. Yeah, he's an outstander. <laughs> the Dogs will be in the eight after this game, and then they've got to rely on Sunday football. So they've got to rely on three yeah. games going their yeah. way, which we understand is not going to... Essen will beat... Uh, and Bob Murphy, you talk about football. I mean, he's been incredible football. But both these guys seem like great... I mean, you've had a bit to do with Bob Murphy. Oh, like of course. A, and Matty Boyd. Look, we can't leave Matty Boyd oh, Matty Boyd's out another of that one. conversation Absolutely. He's well, been because exceptional player. 292 games as well yep. for, for the Bulldogs, and off the rookie list, most ever from a, yeah. from a rookie. Like, it's, it's a phenomenal... No, Frankston boy. Played for the yeah. free. Doesn't, he's a Dolphins. He's not from there, but he plays for the yeah. Dollies. But Bob Murphy, he, he's played 311 games. Yep. I remember his first game. I would have seen him, yeah, took notes of him about his third game, and I looked at him and went, oh, that's cruel. Yeah. You cannot put a boy into AFL that skinny. Well, he, <laughs> he, had the he will in get his... killed, and 311 games later, he's put on about two kilos. Yes. <laughs> his first he's ever, still hanging his in first there. His first ever he called me KB. That's how much uh, Spunky he had. Uh, I'll tell you, Bob was a young man. These could be the two best decision-make ball users yeah. that we've seen play in the last 20-odd yeah. years. I Both love of them Bob have been unbelievable. Bob as a forward was absolutely yeah, was. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, the, his leading patterns and his yeah. movement, it was predictable to us, so unpredictable to the player he was if on. He got and that's space, why he was, he was fantastic. When they played him at centre-half forward, mm. you know, in the early early days for him, and he had space around him, he could turn blokes oh, around yeah, That's right. That's harder these days because yeah. you're playing against team defence rather than one-on-one yeah. -on -one opponents. But when it was one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. he was magnificent. And the yeah. only knock on Hodgie's career is, I would have loved to have seen him forward more times, but when you got Franklin, Roughhead, all those blokes yeah, playing up there, he got injured sure. and had to play in Tasmania and comes up and kicks five. So we saw him how good he is yeah. in defence and mid. 
a few more games forward, he might have had some goal-kicking records there as well. All right, let's go to a break. On the other side, we'll talk about the Swans and the Blue Baggers. All that footage makes it look very congenial, like we're happy. I hate you guys, you guts. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the Blues knock over the Hawks. But anyway, let's talk about the Blues and Sydney. One change for Carlton, two for the Swannies, Rosie. Yeah, Arnfield comes in. Uh, Retirement game for story. him too. Yeah, yeah which is. is fantastic. Jack Silvani is out with a shoulder. A couple of big outs for the Swans. Hanbury, Hip mm. and Papley, mm. Knee, Cunningham and Newman are, are in. So that would suggest... Clearly, the two weeks off because you get the, the week off next week. So those boys must be, I don't want to say severely injured, but you'd think Hanbury and Papley are, f Curtailed. are fairly yep. mm. yeah, limited in what they can do. So I think John Longmore and the match committee have taken an opportunity to say, nah, two weeks is really going to freshen... Two freshen weeks gives them 21 days. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. I think the big story out of this, and I don't want to disrespect Carlton... But you're playing, you're playing the form team in the competition against a young team that had a good win line. This is about percentage for me. And again, yeah. I don't want to disrespect Carlton, but clearly I think between Port and Sydney, there's about 0.4 or half a percent. Mm. But what Sydney do really well, which tends to help your percentage, they keep teams to low scores. So it's not as simple as just... You don't want to get into a shootout to help your percentage necessarily. What you want to do... I mean, 110 to... Yep. to 20. I mean, I think they'll kick more than 20, but Sydney have been very, very hard to score against. And well, I they've think conceded 76 per game average, average. Best in the league. That's right. And again, Since this game, though, we've got to remember Carlton beat them earlier in the year, and it was, this was the game that Sydney sort of stood up and said, that can't happen yeah, again with, right. with Mills and, and yep. a few of the younger players that got attacked. Yeah. I, I look, does anyone think Carlton will win? No, no. but I think they'll be semi-confident after what they did to yeah. Sydney earlier in the year. I know Sydney's a different team Having now, said that, but Carl still. Carlton's ball movement will trouble Sydney. The teams that have beaten Sydney are Hawthorne, Collingwood early in the year, that uncontested mark, uncontested mark. They'll frustrate Sydney a bit because they hold on to the ball. They, they hold their defense as well. A they hold their yeah. defense yeah. With, with Doherty or Simpson or what have you. And have taken a few risks in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Carl, yeah, coming yeah they through started the opening it up through the yep. middle a bit, didn't they? We have a look at the percentage there. 122.7 Sydney are sitting on. And who'd you equate Port. them to? Port, 123.1. Yeah. So yeah. 0.4 of a percent. Mm. So, yeah, the lower the score they are and mm. get the win, bank the yep. win, they could jump above them with percentage. Sydney very good last week in the first quarter. They took it up to the Adelaide Crows quarter one, brought the heat. And yep. They have been oh. doing that frequently. They need to bring it again, don't they, Dicko? Well, they did it against the Cats too at, at Simmons yeah. when they won that game. Their first quarter there was was just phenomenal yep. and they're doing it against the best teams. That's you look like at that, that first quarter la last week was 52 contested possessions. This is differential. Mm. So... 11 clearances and 27 tackles. So what they yeah. did was they said, right, well, let's forecast to the finals. This is last week and go, we're going to belt the living suitcase out in the first. Can you handle it? Crows couldn't handle it. So what do you think is going to happen? Like Ruzi said, but then they the, must be natural injured those because is... this is a final for yeah. them. Their yeah. yeah. natural game is defensive, though. So thereafter, yeah. if they get the lead... They naturally play defensively. Yeah, they do. So that's, that's what they can't well, That, that yeah. was the raw number. So 52... Contested possessions. That, yeah. They beat up on them. We've all yeah. seen it when players get that look in their eye. And I was in the rooms post-game when they beat 
the Cats and interviewing even even Reed, yeah. and he just had that look in his eye of, of real strength, like, We've decided we're going somewhere here as a group. And just the whole dynamic in that room through John Longmire through was just this strength that I hadn't really seen before. I hadn't seen for a long time when going to a number of rooms post-wins. Post they just had it. They had it in their eyes, this look that they want to achieve something. <laughs> I mean, you, you touched on it, Dermy, too. The fact that they get out early and they're really hard to score against because the two, arguably, the two best one-on-one -on -one defender, three, Grundy, Rampy and Nick Smith. Nick Smith. They're, they're arguably the three mm. best one-on-one -on -one defenders in the comp. So if you're in that midfield putting pressure on and, and uh, not allowing easy access, you know your defenders are going to stand up, um, which they've done yeah, basically since Rampy's come back into that team. And they do it in weighted numbers. So the half-forwards for Sydney last week pushed up and said, we're going to join in the fight. Yeah. And what happened down mm. the back? Franklin goes, all right, I'll take your one-on-one, Keith, and just went to town. <laughs> so they saturate enormously well. We know how hard they work defensively. So Carlton, they're up for the uh, fight, but not for long enough, I wouldn't have thought. Papley will be a loss to them, the way he plays high, mm. and then he's got mm. that spring oh, that slingshot back towards goal. But I just think Hanbury going out, mm. there's, there's, there's reasoning behind why Heaney's been spending so much time up in the middle, perhaps taking the heat out of Hanabry, you're still getting numbers, yeah. but perhaps not doing as much in the same fashion. Because Heaney's only a young man, but he, we all think of him as a really mm. experienced footballer now. And he's showing it the way he goes and plays in the midfield well, now. That, where, you see Carlton's over strength. this graph here just how much, John, he's actually spent time in the middle over recent weeks. He's young, he's powerful, he's got high energy, all those things we love about Isaac Heaney, but Carlton's strength is there in midfield. the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all their experience is. Yeah. So... They are going to be challenged early, and if Carlin's experience can hold up to that a little bit, the younger ones will jump on board with them and continue continue to drive forward. I think it'll be a bit closer than what people a think. A disappointing Fremantle takes on those dirty, rotten bombers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do dirty. I respect them. I hate them, but yeah, I Yeah, I know. <laughs> OK, give us a... Burns out, out Green's out uh, with, the, with the broken foot. Hocking, McKernan, Collier and Langford. I'm glad to see Langford back just before the finals. Watson as well comes back for... The Bombers' extended bench, of course, being a Sunday game. Nias, McCarthy and Darcy go out. Pierce, Griffin, Sheridan, Kirsten, Neal and Collins uh, in and on the extended bench for Fremantle. So some number of changes there for both sides. It's just a, a must-win for Essendon. After watching Fremantle last week, Dicko, their pressure early. They could have been three or four up on Richmond in that first quarter. They had it all going their way. Uh, unfortunately, kicked too many points. After quarter time, it was just a total reverse of, uh, of what we witnessed in that first quarter. They just, they just fell away dramatically. They couldn't get their hands on the ball. Richmond set up perfectly, won clearances, and, and Fremantle couldn't handle it. And Richmond last week, they were quite good the way they changed. That's the maturity of the group this year. Fremantle got the repeat entries because they set up really well. And then Richmond said, OK, let's just hold the ball up a little bit here. And then they just waited and they were patient. And then once they found the openings, away they went. One thing Essendon can do, they can be patient with the footy and, and pick you apart. But I don't think Ross will want another big loss after 200 pointers. So he's lost a lot of personnel, Ruzi, yeah. this year, uh, especially in the last few weeks, which has hurt him a little bit. But Essendon have got plenty to play for, let's I be honest. I think that's the thing, Dicko. What we've probably seen in the last few weeks, if you're a team in that middle to lower section and you're playing another team in that middle to lower section, they've been entertaining games, they've been good games. Mm. But the intensity of those games compared to Sydney... Adelaide is dramatically yeah. different. So then if you're playing a team in the lower rung and you're playing a team that's battling for the finals, and Ross touched on it, he was pretty honest. I reckon they've hit their tipping point. Yeah. You know, they they're tired, young players, 
Yeah, for me, it's a bit, sorry, Derm, it's a bit about how Essendon come out. Josh Green's a big out. Yep. Fantasia's out as well. Yeah. Mm. They found a kid in Begley last week, but a bit of the game style we've loved all year, that speed forward at centre, has been taken out of Essendon yeah. a little bit. Just, and I know it's a game we've talked about already, but there's two coaches who know each other incredibly well, Hawthorne and Dogs, and you talked about games in the brackets that aren't going to figure in finals. Doggies and Hawks aren't going to figure in finals. Do you reckon the coaches would get together and say... Let's have a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, turn let's, turn let's turn it on for the crowd <laughs> yeah. and put on a showcase. <laughs> yeah, Probably I'm not, not sure about that. I, don't think, I, know, I know Rossi and Wisher won't get together and talk about that. So. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Speaking of a shootout, how about we get yeah, the old gunslinger. Here he is. Bronzy the gunslinger. Hello, David. How are you, mate? Really good, good, boys. What have you got very for good. us? Who's doing what and how are we going to win a few, Bob? Uh, a few. First of all, top four is very interesting. So the Tigers are $1.36 and they're $1.36 to beat the Saints this weekend. But Sydney, $5.50 to finish fourth or Port Adelaide, $5.50 to finish fourth. If you want to have a crack at that. That goes into Richmond St Kilda, who are obviously $1.36 into $1.40. They've only played once at the MCG this year, so all the money has been on the Tigers in this game. And remember, it was only about six weeks ago that uh, St Kilda absolutely gave mm. Richmond a bath. Mm. Since then, the Tigers have won five of six. Sid, uh, St Kilda have lost four of six. So mm. big, big money on the Tigers. Hawks, Bulldogs, Friday night, three times more money on the Hawks, three times the amount of bets on the Hawks. So people liking the Hawks. Our 24 up continues. Collingwood, Geelong last week. Collingwood, 28 points up, $1.2 million worth of punters paid out. They didn't even win, Jono. Did not win and they got paid out. Geelong come back and win. And then we've got Mayweather-McGregor. Can you believe oh. Mayweather-McGregor? $1.14, $8.50 they started. They're now into $1.23 and $5. We've had $2 million on McGregor, only 500000 on Mayweather. But one of those bets was two hundred and fifty grand at a dollar twenty on Mayweather. Did Mayweather, Mayweather said he was going to put five million on himself <laughs> to win a lazy <laughs> mill, I think. So, well, that, but tweet us your bet using the hashtag at byo Maymac. You can have anything. So one punter uh, tweeted in McGregor to kick Mayweather at any point in the fight, thinking he might have been in the UFC. That's eleven dollars. We'll price that, that up and we'll give you a price on it. Uh, anything silly. I mean, Donald Trump to wear our great hat again. That red. One in the ring at some point was a hundred dollars. So. I know it's a charity. What have you got the nail polish on? Uh, there the for? Polish Shall man, it? the Polish man, a part of that uh, one one child dies every five minutes in this world. So part of that, good cause, uh, and so is Mayweather McGregor. If he puts five million on himself, mm. oh, wow. yeah. good on you, Brownie. Yeah. Good yeah, luck, mate. Thank you for that. Thanks shirt. for letting us know. Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's actually from your wardrobe. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. I forgot what I was going to say. This is great. Welcome back after we've cleaned out your glass after the round. <laughs> Cup. Uh, Richmond take on St Kilda. Dicko, the ins and outs. We've got a few happening here. We've got four outs for St Kilda. Yeah, we've got three ins. Lloyd, Menadieu and Short for Richmond. No outs at this stage. And we've got Mackenzie, Loney and a bit of white rice come in. So white and rice. Oh. Uh, boom, boom on that one. Um, Gilbert out with a Donald. Oh, steam rice boy, show. yeah? Yeah, steam. Oh, actually, fried rice, to be honest. Bailey rice. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, interesting game. Um, we saw what the Tigers did last week to uh, Fremantle. The tornado the, was the, back. The tornado. Jared yes. Neely. Um, I, I think the good thing with the Tigers, we touched on it after was it the Carlton game. When you become a good team, it, it, 
the system is the thing that obviously you've got to have talent. We'll talk about Dustin Martin in a minute. I know you want to hold off, hold off. But Jacob Townsend for me typifies where Richmond have got to. One bloke goes out, one guy comes in, plays the system, plays his role within the team. They win by 100-odd points. He's kicked six goals. Yep. I mean, it's a great story, not only for the kid, and I know you're, you're a bit bullish on Tickley's courage, but it's a good tick for the kid, but a great tick for Dimmer and the system. Yeah. I love what they've done this year, and that's just another tick for me. And speaking to the players, because we did the game, travelling back, it's funny, Dimmer before the game said, Jacob Tan, no pressure on you. you know, just go out and enjoy yourself, play your role. Kick six, we'll take six. <laughs> Kick six. <laughs> he said for the game. Yeah. Oh, I was Very watching the nice. game at the end, and there were a couple of moments where it could have got yeah, to it. Yeah, could have got Seven yeah. is a monster yeah. bag. Yeah. Seven's Almost a monster Almost got the play bag. on, didn't he, for the uh, yeah, But yeah. as you said, played on Johnson early and kicked a couple on him. He actually trailed him behind Rewalt really well yeah. uh, a couple of times. Got a couple over the top as well, so it worked out a nice day for Jacob. Yeah, no, but look, it's great, because I, lo I love their system, and that's the thing when you look at... You know, you look at Richmond. Now, I know St Kilda uh, uh, towed them up last time, but the system should stand up. Mm. You know, I'm going... I, I, I Dusty rate St didn't Kilda touch well. it. He's coming off back-to-back -back yep. 50 possessions, 60, whatever that was, you know, high 30s, just kept knocking it up everywhere. Well, Seb Ross... And barely has, touched it against the Saints. Well, Seb Ross has been a really good run-with type ball winner. Mm. You know, last week he sort of went to Higgins at times and he's done that. So Seb Ross is probably the one that goes to, to Dustin Martin. Um, but if you... I mean, we know if you don't go to him, he's going to absolutely destroy you. And he I think will. you want to and introduce... You know, you, know how many you... Kicks, you know how many kicks there have been this year, Rusey? There's been... Do you know off the top of your head? 72,963. <laughs> 79,772 kicks. I've got the number one kick. This the, year. The best the kick, best kick oh. this year. And it is Dustin Martin. Take a, look, for this. take a look at this. We stood up and applauded. And Dico even jumped out of the uh, dugout there at, at Domain. That there is the kick of the year. That was Lace phenomenal. out to Rewalt. Phenomenal. Cut the angle, changed his run, took a bounce. As you can see here, comes off the bench at the right time. Great interchange there from the Tigers. Gets his handball receive here. And just sit back and watch this. Yeah. What about, I like the How end of it. That? What about Rewalt's look at him? Look at this. Rewalt's looked at him and gone, wow. Oh <laughs> yep. There's no yeah. way known I could yep. have dropped yeah. that mark. None yeah. better for me this year than and that. They put the speed on the ball. A big hard kick like that normally about 40k an hour. 68k an hour. There he does. Go. He gets Whoosh. it through the air really quick, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I think when he tries to overkick is when he, he shanks him. Because he's such a powerful guy. You look at that kick. It goes through the air really quickly, but he didn't try and overkick it. Mm. He's a very, very nice kick when he doesn't overkick it. When he tends to overkick, which he doesn't need to do because of his power, that's when he sprays them every now the and then. The beautiful kicks used to be able to put it out and not have you break stride yeah, yep. as you as you run into the footy. Mm. That was one of those kicks. Yeah. You dream of that type of mm. kick as a forward. And you game. mentioned his power. Just out of a stoppage. When they need it, you can see it obviously scrummaging and he would just go and out he goes. At 78 centre bounce. Clear this he was, he was the one after quarter time that exploded yeah, for, yeah. for Richmond. He this was reasonably quiet in the first quarter and then away he yeah. went. This is a huge game. You got Rui's last game. We saw yeah. his last home game last week. Yeah, as I said before, you know, St Kilda smacked them last time. 
The Tigers' top four. We know how the Tiger Army can get up and about. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. This is a, an absolute cracker. I'm of looking a game. forward to the last quarter too because you know when someone retires, you just try and get them the ball the whole time. Rui yeah. could mm. kick six in the last quarter. <laughs> <laughs> just get it to Rui any which way you can. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the next game now. The last one we've got to have a look at. Port Adelaide take on the Gold Coast. John, let's have a look at the changes. We might start with Port, please. Jonas out, suspended for a couple of weeks, so he'll miss a final as well. Pittard comes in for him. I Hallahan. think he just resigned too, Jasper yeah. Pittard. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Good. Yeah, he's a good player. Hallahan, Lonigan, <laughs> Leslie, and Schoenfeld go out for Gold Coast. Ablett, Lions, a bit of midfield death. A couple of young blokes, Brody and Gaz Bose is back. come in. Gaz is back Gaz. for his final game. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> well, we, we wait and Might see what will happen over, over the summer. But possibly. Look, when you possibly. When you look at. A Gold Coast point of view, well, we know where they're at. But Port Adelaide, what they did to the Bulldogs last week, especially late, was very good. And Dicko was set up by big Charlie Dixon. Yes, yeah. Charlie Dixon. Uh, Ruzi, you're well, big... I'm just going to say talk about May in relation to Dixon because I think Dixon, the match-up that he's going to get, is going to be a cracker. And I think Stephen May, and having coached... And Dermy, you've lived... You know, you played for, for Sydney, and you know how players can go under the radar. Yeah. When, when they're interstate. Stephen May is, to, in my view, is the best defender in the competition. All-round defender. Now, I, I know people say, what about Rance, what about Rance? If I was starting a team I would, and I was looking for a defender, I would pick Stephen May over Rance. But you like man-on-man defenders more so than a, a third-man-up exponent, capable on his man. Not as good as May one-on-one, but he gets to other. You prefer yeah. the lockdown. Well, I'm not trying to denigrate Rance. I mean, it's no, line no. ball. I'm just saying what you ball, like. But I'm saying if you look, it, it's just when you're out of sight, out of mind. What he did to Danaher last week in a team that got, what they get beaten by last week? Plenty. Yeah. yeah. So end, he's yeah. defending a lot. What, what Richmond have done this year is fixed up their offensive side, fixed up, he's got Asprey, etc., etc. May's often doing it one out. He's also playing on mediums. He's playing on sports. Rance can do that as well. And he's Look seeing at, a lot of ball down there as he's well. He's seeing a lot of ball. <laughs> that, for me, is probably the, the thing. Now, that, it's, mm. it's line ball, Rance, yep. what Rance may. But I just want to give him some respect. You're stressing that you're not running Rance down. Absolutely. What just I'm saying you is... you would prefer out of first. Out of the state, you know, we're very Melbourne-centric as you come back here, and everyone loves Rance. He's an absolute star. I just think May, I've got him a, a hair ahead because of the fact that he has to defend so often. Yep. He mm. often defends with no help and he can play on multiple players and he's a great one-on-one defender. So based on that, Charlie Dixon's in for a tough afternoon. Well, I think he is and I, and I think Charlie's had a fantastic season. This is another game. The Suns, this is another percentage game and this is going to make it hard for May, isn't it? I don't want to disrespect Dean Solomon, mm. what he's doing. It's been tough for him. Got some great ins coming back mm. in. He has. But it's going to be a lot of ball going down to Charlie. With but they've the thing, shown Char- a real propensity to not fight back when the tide's really turned against them, the yep. Goko Suns. Yeah. And, and even last week with Sully's game then, you know, just a, a brand-new coach in there, they still showed that they're... They let it, the, 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 the waters flow in the same direction and they don't fight it that hard late in games. Well, the hard part about Solly taking over, yes, he's holding the, the new reins, but he's still got the old cart. Yeah. Very hard to change. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig to step yep. into and change a, a, a team's attitude like that because they've been indebted, uh, ingrained in that, I should say, for so long now. Particularly on the back of so many injuries and so many outs. They do have... We hope Gazza plays this week. Yeah, we do. I, I, I'm actually keen to watch now, Charlie. Just listening to, to what you've just said. He played on Lewis Young. Yeah. A little bit of Dale Morris undersized last week. He, he had it all go his way. 
Stephen May is not going to allow no. it to go his way. So this could be the performance from Dixon that sets up the real tilt at it for, for Port Adelaide. In the terms the of other thing with May is... Do if you can take hold of May. You saw the, the list there, you know, 200 centimetres. Dixon's a big... He's yeah, big if he came yeah. out on the ground as a ruckman, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. say, he's not a ruckman, he's a big, big ruckman. Mm. Okay. May's 193, but plays a lot taller yeah, that's right. as well. So but he's aggressive in the contest, May, yeah. as well. And so he's, he's going to make you earn it. And yeah. if that is a stalemate, that one, guess what happens? Paddy Ryder goes down there and jumps on <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Like, That's the flexibility <laughs> they got. I think it's what... It's a what? good win last week by Port. I mean, we've sort of Fantastic been... Fantastic win. We've sort of been bullish and dropped, like everyone, I guess. Does that give them another tick, Jono? Where, does that oh, put yeah. them up again? I think it does. Ballarat, you can see the way You can see the way Ken Hinckley and the coaches reacted post-game, yep. how they are all up and, you know, shaking each other's hands, big pat on the back, because they knew the importance yeah. of, of that and where the Bulldogs mentally were coming into that game to try and secure uh, another final series. So that meant a lot. To, to Port Adelaide, you could tell. Well, yeah. they've got, they got an enormous buy-in now. We know they got put through the ringer, and Kenny Hinckley went through it with a fine-tooth comb. Their coaches get reviewed fortnightly on their messaging. They record the coaches' box. They record all how they do their meetings. So the players almost have the feedback of it's direct, it's to the point, and it's out. It's pretty refreshing, mm. and they're actually playing that way, I reckon. I think you still see some really good balance. I mean, Boak's back into some really good form last week. Ebert's mm. job on Bond and Pally, you know, Wingard and, and Robbie Gray. I mean, it's a very well-balanced team. Jonas going out hurts them. You know, they'll miss him for this week and the and first the, week of the finals. That springboard that the Gold Coast Suns get out of, you know, the, the Sard run out of the back line, Harbrow, although he didn't, hasn't been playing well lately. Can that do any damage against Port Adelaide? They lock up pretty hard yeah, on them do. in the forward line, don't they? Their best footy this year, Port, has been forward half footy. They've, they've certainly changed that from a turnover-based team to the last three years. Yes. This year's been a, a lot better in that regard. So I, I, think, I think Kenny would be putting the test to the players saying, guys, there's still some doubts out there about us. I know it's only, I say this with Jewish, I know it's only the Suns, but they'll want to put their foot right down Durham. They'll want to see some real good forward pressure. Um, and, and I think it's going to be an intense game. Yep. And, and, and Solly, it is hard because of the personnel they've got, but they'd want to get something out of it too, I reckon. And the daunting stat when you go to Face Port Adelaide, they were plus 24 minutes inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. The forward, for, so enormous how they can put that pressure on. And time in forward half, plus 24, almost a quarter when you go to Adelaide. We have to stretch a bit because Robbo's off tonight. And oh, who old, they got? Our old mate Jason oh, Dunstall. Oh, really? he, he was too he, scared to walk past us tonight. Oh, we've got to stretch a bit because he's, he's been in the kitchen. I think, I think we're the first guys that have ever come back at him a little bit in terms of yeah. the dribble kick and how popular it is mm. once again. So well, he's you know his old nickname. A little bit nervous, I think. Yeah, we call him Bung or the Pig. You know what his real nickname was? It's <laughs> true. Driftwood. <laughs> just used to sort of lap up against people trying to be their friend and they just shoo him away. You weren't a decoy, mate. Hey, way better I can't than take him serious when he points that big pork sausage <laughs> finger at me all the time. <laughs> you're, just, ta you're taking him on, aren't you? You've 100%. Made, you've the dribble is bad. Well, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's had a go at you too. I know so he's had a go at me. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm relaxed. I'm going to send you my invoice from last week when we did the dribble kick <laughs> The thing. pig will get a reply any second. We're crossing to 360 with Drifty and Jared.